Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Hey, Craig. schedule will be half yeah. over yeah well be, not quite almost almost 50 percent over well for me it'll be half over because i'm missing the homecoming game to go to a wedding but so for me yeah. it'll be half of my trips to pullman well, which i you know you just knock out right at the start man it's like raising children man it goes my, too fast my physical therapist asked me today he's like are you are, are you tired of driving are, are you not looking forward to it and i'm like nope i'm still good Still I'm okay. Still excited. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. okay, so obviously we're recording this Thursday night. Uh, I it, more for me, it's that I can't really leave until like four or four thirty. Oh yeah, that's annoying. might. It might even be as late as like five, depending on how fast I get everybody out. The yeah, door. that's when I left last weekend. So. You know, it's like I do not like, and and so we're staying in Moscow. Like, I mean, it's going to be damn near eleven o'clock by the time. Probably, probably will be eleven o'clock by the time I finally get. To Moscow, so I'm I'm like, you know, that sucks. That part sucks, but whatever. I'll be happy on Saturday, provided I don't end up, you know, soaked to the bone. So, well, that's what rain gear is for, man. Yeah, I know it's poncho season. Let's go. I'm gonna be ponchoing it up. I'm a big yeah. believer in ponchos. I usually just wear a rain jacket and call it good. But yeah, let's. Uh, this is podcast versus everyone. Hey, it's it's podcast versus everyone. US USC preview edition. That's right. Episode one thirty one. I'm Craig Powers. With me is Jeff Newser. Uh huh. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna all be there. Yeah, it's gonna Emma's be very gonna be exciting. There. I know. In from Chicago. Oh, so exciting! It's gonna be it's gonna be cool. You, the rain won't really matter. Well, like we'll just the have fun. yeah, I mean the forecast I looked at today just now, like within the last hour, the rain starts like the real so the light rain starts at eleven, the real rain starts at noon, and then it tapers off by three. I'm like, what the fuck? Like that's like that's like right in that's like exactly, and then it's like overcast starting at like four. And I'm like, so, uh, okay. I, I've always I'm always a big fan of the garbage bag over the legs. That's very helpful. Yeah, I might um, have to. I'm like, yeah. man, either that or I'm going to have to stand for, you know, four hours, which, no. I, you know, I've done that before, too. So, I, you know, 
I don't know. I don't or know, maybe, man. Maybe if maybe if there's some empty seats around me like there was last week, you can just mow yeah. them over. Maybe, uh, but I have I don't a feeling bring, there'll be more. Bring my more whole family. This yeah. Can can you accommodate five? Well, we'll we'll have to figure <laughs> it out. You know, I have a feeling there's going to be more people in town on Saturday. Yes. So yeah, I don't know. It's okay. I'm not going to whine too much about the rain. You know, I mean, I work indoors all week. I'm not. A little rain ain't going to kill me. So I'll be all right. Yeah, I know. Um, how do you think it'll impact the game? Uh, I don't think it will. I don't yeah, know. I, it, I think not because it's not going to be like persistent rain all day. Yeah. So the, the wind the, is what really gets turf, you too. Yeah, the, the wind the is what gets you. Won't be soaked. Yep. This, it won't be saturated. So yeah. I, yeah. It does not seem like it's going to be stormy. Stormy yeah. is 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 what makes it difficult. Um, and you know, again, I I, I don't know. I mean, which of the two teams relies more on trying to throw the ball? And I think at this point, that's USC. So maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe shitty weather benefits us. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking myself into whatever. Whatever it is that will make me feel better. USC runs the air raid, sort of. Mostly. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard when you can recruit running backs like they do. I, I'm trying always... to remember who, who wrote this, and I, I, I am – I'm drawing a blank. So whoever whoever wrote this uh, wrote it this way. I think this is a good way to put it. They they said that USC runs a stylized version of the air raid, and I was like that <laughs> that I like that that works about right. Who so whoever said that? Good job. I I think that's an accurate description of what USC is doing down there. So let's uh, let's hop right in as we always do first with our offense versus their defense. Um, their uh, USC's defense. Uh, looked fine against San Jose State. Uh, they kind of got um, the fortunate, a couple fortunate turnovers, a missed field goal. Uh, so they ended up just giving up seven points. But they they gave up quite a few passing yards at a, at a decent clip. I think it was like six and a half yards of pass. They they mostly shut down the run. Um, but then against Stanford, they just got absolutely shredded. Uh, Ten yards of pass, ten point two yards of pass. They gave yeah. up an eighty seven yard run. Yep. Uh, so big plays. Um, so their defense definitely looks vulnerable, uh, more vulnerable than it was last season, last couple seasons. Um, yeah, because you know Stanford shred them. Uh, WSU has playmakers uh, like Stanford uh, that could make similar plays. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, how how WSU can do against this def- defense and because uh, I think they're going to need to. Um, uh, USC has been uh, decent against the run, uh, but really, really bad against the pass. Like, really, really bad. Uh, I'm, I, I used in my preview a stat called EPA this week, expected points added. It's actually a component of SP+. Uh, which isn't um, it's the explosive component, uh, but uh, you can't get those components broken down anymore from uh, Bill Connolly. The ESPN doesn't bother to publish them. Um, so I use another site called CFB graphs um, and they uh, offer EPA, EPA only, uh, which is interesting. Always interesting to look at EPA. Um, staying on schedule and stuff isn't measured in this. Uh, this is mostly about explosion uh, so they rank 119th in EPA allow, EPA per pass allowed. So they're giving up big plays. And that w- it wasn't just against 
Stanford. They gave up, you know, a pretty decent clip against San Jose State as well. And these aren't opponent-adjusted metrics. It's just raw metrics. And remains to be seen how good of passing offenses either of those are. Um, but Stanford hasn't been that great recently. Maybe this new quarterback is pretty good. But anyways, he still put up 10 yards of pass on them. And, and I don't think anyone saw that coming. No, I was, you know, I was listening to, <clears throat> I was listening to uh, Scott Van Pelt's pal, Stanford Steve, right? He's kind of talking about uh, the situation at Stanford. And, and so McKee apparently was a pretty highly regarded recruit. Um, who then went on a mission, came back, and then, you know, apparently is, is maybe a little bit more of a gamer where maybe didn't look super great in practice, and that's why he wasn't starting. And then, uh, you know, apparently they felt, you know, David Shaw felt he needed a, a little bit of a jump start with with the offense, and so he, he made a swap at quarterback, and then all of a sudden this dude's like, you know, lighting up USC. So um, I'm not sure, you know, it's I, I, I want to say like, I don't know. Like, like I think it feels like USC should be better defensively. Mm -hmm. The the thing that I think gives me maybe a little bit of hope is, is this. So the guy that they promoted to coach is their secondary coach. Their interim coach is their secondary coach. And there's already, they've already said like publicly in stories that like, yeah, you know, he's, he's been stretched awful thin, but we're, we're sort of making it work. And I'm like, that's not, (laughs) that's not the sort of thing that makes you think, uh, improvement is right around the corner. I mean, you can fire the head coach, but I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know that there is, uh, you know, much reason to believe that this firing is going to like suddenly change a bunch of fortunes. So I like, like, I don't think this is going to immediately make their defense better. You know, they're not, um, you know, it's not like they've brought in a new coach or a new coordinator or something. I mean, it, it's just, you know, it's, I, I think you make the move with Helton to get a jump start on finding his replacement. Like, I think that's all literally, I think that's all that is right. Is to just go ahead and rip the bandaid off. Cause you know, if they, if they stay with Helton, they come up here, they beat us or whatever. And, you know, I mean, it just sort of like prolongs the process, right? If you've decided he's not the guy, okay, great. You get rid of him. But I don't think it does much for their, you know, for their results this season, unless Helton was somehow holding somebody back. But I don't, I mean, Helton's an offensive guy. Uh, it seems like Graham Harrell kind of does more or less what he wants. Um, you know, so I, I, I just don't see this as being like some kind of week when the defense gets a lot better. And if anything, I think there's a chance the defense gets worse when you've got a head coach, an interim coach now who, you know, has, has been pulled away from, uh, you know, his normal duties and, you know, you probably, they probably filled his spot with a, with a GA, they probably elevated a GA. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, I, I don't know, man, this, this might be, this might be a, uh, a prime, a prime candidate for, for a breakout passing game from Jaden Delora. Yeah. And so he was also not even a secondary coach. He was the passing game defensive coordinator. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe uh, maybe this is the time, uh, and I think they'll need it. Uh, one interesting thing: USC has not sacked a quarterback yet this year. That is wild. That is absolutely wild. And San Jose State threw the ball a lot. Yeah, I mean they were behind the whole game, so of course they threw the ball. So USC sacked. I, I, you remember last season, Delore was under pressure a lot, and uh, against USC they got four sacks. Uh, Delora was pressured into making mistakes a couple times. 
Um, so if if w, if USC is not getting that same pressure and Delora is not making those mistakes, WC has a chance to move the ball. They have a chance to make explosive plays, you know, with, with Borgia out of the backfield, McIntosh being steady, with Travell Harris, uh, with Calvin Jackson Jr. They have a chance to make big plays in this game, and, and, and if they're going to do well, they need to. And, and hopefully this offensive line is getting its shit together and can block against USC's front line that, has, that, that San Jose State and Stanford have had success against because there, it's going to need to happen. Because if Delora gets time, uh, if, if the results from the per, first two games are, are, are indicative, then there's going to be open receivers for him to throw to. Yep. And so come on offensive line. Give him some time. Yeah, this, let, him, let him let him look around a bit. This I, would be a great time to follow up that those you know second, third, and fourth quarters against Portland State by, you know, proving to us that the offensive line's actually got its shit figured out. Like that's, I think that's what we're all rooting for here, right? Right. So yeah, I mean, there's 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 hope here um, against USC when WSU has the ball. Uh, I, I definitely think WSU could put up points. I don't think it'll be like the 13 points last year. Um, I don't know how much you read into what Rolovich said about uh, that it just being kind of what did he say? It was intimidating for them. Or oh god, you, you, here, I'll let you say it because you kind of <laughs> took him task on Twitter. Today. I mean, basically, he said he didn't know how many guys on the team actually believed they could beat USC last year. Oh, uh, yeah. It, <laughs> Like you the said, fuck? like you said, last year there was a ton of guys who had already beaten USC, and a ton of guys who came within inches of beating. <laughs> yeah, USC. literally within a missed, you know, personal foul targeting call from beating USC. Like, you know, if if they had won that game, Mike Leach would have been three and one against USC. Uh, instead, it was two and two with a near miss, and again, twenty seventeen. You know, I mean, Jihad Woods was a guy was the guy who made the game winning play right in that game. Uh, you know, a lot of guys. Rogers, yeah, Justice Rogers was in that game. I mean, lots and lots of guys played in that game. And then again, 2018, same Liam deal, Ryan. right? Like these guys were all in that. I mean, Travell Harris, you know, I mean, these guys were there. Um, and so to and I think Calvin Jackson was there in 2018. So. You know, to to be like, oh, I'm not sure these guys knew they could beat them. First of all, that's bullshit uh, because, of course, they do think they can beat them. Um, and, and, and Delora is such a, like we've talked about before, high confidence, yes, high hubris. Yes. Like, I, I, I got to think that dude thinks he can beat anybody. Yes. And I think he got under duress early in the game and that impacted him. I think so. But I don't think he came into the game right. thinking – that like, oh, we can't beat these guys. I mean, maybe his confidence kind of got shot a little bit when he made a couple mistakes. I mean, I'd buy that. Um, Especially I, as a, you know, yeah. 18-year-old. And I'd buy even that there maybe were some guys on the team who were sort of in awe of USC. Um, you know, maybe newcomers, things like that. Okay, fine. But it's like, to, to make a blanket statement that, you know, the team was intimidated by USC is just such baloney. It's such baloney, and it's very frustrating. And I'm like, you know, well, if they were intimidated, whose fault is that, right? Like, like when he says things like that, I don't think he considers the full implications of what he is saying, which is like, well, that means you did a shit job of preparing them. You did a shit job of getting them to believe that they could compete because 
you know, and it's it's right up there with, you know, he talks about how this year's team is so much more mentally tough than last year's team and last year's team would have folded. I'm like, what the fuck? Like like Mike Leach's teams were known for being mentally tough. Like that was like yeah. that was like their hallmark was that they would be tough. And that's what yeah. Leach spent all, the first every guy and then you uh, you inherited all those yes. mentally tough guys. Yes. So what did you do? Yeah, to what him? did you do to him? I mean, Leach spent the first three years trying to drill the soft out of the guys. Like like there's no like like that was like a definitely thing like um, you, this is like a way callback. Um, you probably remember this. I don't know how many of our listeners do, depending on whether they were around in 2012. Uh, but in 2012, they had a thing on the sideline called the rise up board. Do you remember the rise up board? Yep. <laughs> and I remember being just incensed at the rise up board and the rise up board was this thing where basically they would keep track of like con- basically consecutive positive plays and like, yeah. like just, just kind of like, you know, basically it's, it's most basic definition. Right. Um, and so they would count up and it, it would be like, and it wouldn't even necessarily be like, like good plays, just like positive plays. Like, you know, like, like they did something positive on the play. Right. Cause Leach was trying to get them to buy into this, you know, play the next play thing. Like, don't worry about the score on the scoreboard, just play the next play. And I remember I was like incensed about this and I'm like, Oh my God, moral victories. What are we doing? Might as well give them a goddamn participation, you know, certificate. Like, what we're what, we're not worried about the score anymore. Da, da, da. Three years later, four years later, I I understood it better. I understood what he was driving at, and I also saw what he's doing. Like he's trying to create this, you know, this singular focus, eliminating distractions, and just being tough enough when things aren't going good to do well on the next play. Like, and if you right. can do that enough times, then then you will be good. And so over, you know, all those like train yourself yes. to kind of look past exactly the. You know, your feelings. Yep. So after all these years with Leach, I kind of understood all the things that he was doing to get his team to be mentally tough. And I'm like, OK, I, I like, OK, I totally made fun of it then. But but I get it now. I get like I get what they were doing. I, I still think it was sort of funny, but like I, I get it. I get it. And I'm like, OK, so Rolovich takes over this program and everybody agrees, including Rolovich, that they are well positioned to continue to be successful and now all of a sudden we are like, oh, wait a second. No, no, no. We're, we weren't tough last year. And, oh, I think we were intimidated by USC. I mean, I'm reaching a point now where I'm thinking, like, is Rolovich projecting his own feelings about things onto his players? Like, was he intimidated by USC? This guy who is, who's literally never coached at a Power 5 level, like, was he intimidated by USC? Did he go into the game thinking, well, we, I don't know if we can compete with USC? Like, like is that what happened? Like, I, I honestly don't know because – I'm like the players were in games where they went toe to toe with USC and knew beyond a shadow of a doubt they were as good as USC. So what happened? What was the difference? So either like they're not like that or you fucked them up. So which is it? Right. And so I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's all very frustrating. They're, they're going to take them on this weekend. I, I, I mean, I don't even know how we got over here, but um, USC's pass rush. I may have poked the bear. A yeah, bit. USC's pass rush. You know, it's it is surprising that that they are that they're not better, and and hopefully our our offensive line believes that they can. Hopefully, compete, they're still so. not better. Hopefully, hopefully they're not going to be like, well, I can't stop this guy, so I'm just not even. Gonna yeah, try. yeah. Hopefully, our our offensive line or anybody else is like, I don't know if I can compete. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this guy. I don't know. USC's pretty good. I mean, but let's Ugh. so. Let let's switch over to the to the defense versus USC's you, you offense. You definitely poked the I, bear, man. 
Oh yeah, hell yeah! <laughs> you knew that I'm was you knew that was going to come spewing out as soon as you did that too. Yep. Yeah, you know, you know me. <laughs> You're welcome. You know me. You're welcome, podcast <laughs> listeners. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk about the you know our our our, our defense. <laughs> um, well, this this is like the WC's defense is full of upperclassmen. Yes, they should not have to worry about mental toughness or, no. or feeling too big. USC, yes, um, definitely the leaders on this defense have beaten USC. Um, however, this is certainly not that 2017 defense that beat USC. No, and it's definitely not the 2018 defense that almost beat USC. No, and it, it maybe is closer to the 2018 defense that gave up a bunch of points to USC in the fourth quarter. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, so USC's passing game so far this season has been far below Kidon Clovis's previous output. Um, and I kind of looked at it his first, when he was a freshman, but he was big plays 8.9 yards per attempt. Then last year he was 7.3. So far this season, he's at 6.1. Yeah. 6.1 which is 7 point. If you're running an air raid, 7.3 is right where you're at usually. Yeah. Unless you're like Anthony Gordon or 2014 Holiday or whatever, yep. you know. Um, but like Falk was like a, around that usually. Yep. Even Minshew was just barely above that. I, like I'll bet um, though, I will bet that Graham Harrell is targeting something higher than that. Um, just the the kind of air raid that he runs. Oh, definitely. It's definitely designed well, to be more vertical than Leach's, which is much more horizontal. Yeah. You. What's very weird about uh, this their their kind of production uh you know when in wsu's air raid n- no receiver ever put up two biggest stats because the ball was spread around quite a bit yep um they put up big stats because wsu threw the ball 60 times a game but but they weren't they, like there wasn't one guy getting 20 targets of those 60 however with with usc half of the catches so far by two guys. Yep. And, and a lot of the other ones are by running backs. So, you know, which is, that's pretty standard of the air rate. But so Drake London is the big scary guy. Uh, he had got a pretty easy 92 yards against WSU last year, six foot five, two ten, big boy, uh, very tough cover. Um, He's he's already got 16 catches for 205 yards this year, so he's already putting up big numbers because it seems like they're passed to him a lot. I wish I had target data, but but yeah, six, so he has 16 of the 51 catches this year. Wow, like one guy. That's a lot. That's a big yeah, share. That's almost a third. Yeah, of of the pass completions have went to London. Yeah, he's a beast though. Like like let's be and let's then, be honest. If, by, if you had that guy, yeah, you would throw d- the ball to w- him as much never, as possible. WSU never quite had. I mean, Patman was probably the closest physical presence yeah. to that, but Pat was about three inches short. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe Vince Maley. But, he was a lot shorter too, but similar kind of but physical I made, presence. Yeah, Vince Maley probably is the closest physically, but London's even more. Athletic. Well, he's much taller. Yep, um, much taller. But uh, I had I made this joke in a preview, and I got to make it here. Um, so their offense basically is about getting the ball to the capital cities of major English-speaking nations, <laughs> because that's a good joke. the the other The other wide receiver who has 
double-digit catches is Taj Washington. He's got 10 catches yeah. for 103 yards. He just transferred. So we didn't play him last year. He just transferred him from Memphis. Yeah. Um, so they got two guys, 26, 26 catches, 51 total completions. Um, those two guys are also getting the big plays because, you know, uh, London's averaging about 12.5 yards a catch. Washington is averaging about yeah, this is just, you know, the the main tar- the, the like target cities in an in an alien invasion. Yeah. Washington and London. Um that's, that's always what happens. Uh, have you ever seen Independence Day or Mars attacks yes. or whatever? Um so 10 catches for 103, so he's at 10. So if you look at those two guys, if you combine there, they're half of the catches and they're well over uh combined 10 yards a catch. Everyone else is six yards in attempt. So what was I say? Maybe Slovis is being a bit inaccurate. Um, maybe everyone else is just picking up little little bits. Um, so really, uh, it comes down to like maybe you got to cover those two guys and make Slovis figure out how to pick up yardage with yeah. everyone else. Yeah, I mean, if only it was that easy, right? <laughs> Look, let's just well, let's just cover these two guys. It'd be easier if Jalen Watson is yes. playing. Yeah, that's that is no doubt. Um, we don't know if he's going to be playing. His Twitter yeah. account has been cryptic. Cryptic is the best way I could describe his Twitter account. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I haven't seen anything today. I know uh, yesterday he said something like I've been through worse. And it's like he said I ain't seen the sunrise since my dog died. Was that today? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And yesterday is that like a uh, lyric or something, or is he just? I don't know. I'm way I, too I old. I think to so. Know that. Yesterday, and then this must be a, a Bible verse, Jeff. You would know better. That than is me. true. Uh, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not yes. be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will up, uphold you with my righteous right hand. Pretty sure that that's is... from the Book of Psalm, Psalms. Yeah, I, th- I think. But yes, yes, Bible verse for sure. It's it definitely so, you're right. Your 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 Bible verse antennae comes. My dog in. died. Ain't seen the sunrise since my dog died. Is a little papa. Okay, I was gonna say that's lyric. definitely not a Bible verse from the song "Dangerous." Okay, all right. Um, but uh, I don't think there's anything we can gather I from know. this. These tripped these uh, cryptic tweets are killing me. Yeah, you're killing me. What? Maybe, maybe he his best tweet was just the the rolling on the floor laughing emoji. Yeah, yeah cry laughing emoji yeah. uh right when helton right when got, helton got like, fired uh, <laughs> yeah but so if he plays then yeah you can yes. probably mitigate at least mitigate london for sure uh i mean again london is anyone, a 6 foot 5 monster but that's why so. so i said mitigate and say stop yeah. but at least if you can make it harder for yes. him make it so Slovis can't just lock on to him. Um, that'd be huge. So if Watson plays, I feel better about that. Yeah. If he doesn't play, I don't know any other corners on WSU no. that could even touch nope. him. Honestly, nope. like Jalen Watson. I mean, listen. Uh, I think we like. I think we saw in the second half what happened when he went out against Portland yep. State. You know, now you can chalk all that up to, you know, whatever backups or, or, or whatever. But, um, you know, it, I, I don't think there's any doubt that Portland State started throwing the ball better when he left the game. So, you know, whether correlation equals causation or not, I just know that he's really fucking good. And if he's not on the field, then our chances of slowing down USC 
um, diminish for sure. He's our best. He's our most impactful, best defensive player. Yeah. Most likely to be in the in the yeah. league. All that. Yeah. Yep. So hopefully he's healthy. Uh, like I said on the on the last podcast, it sure looked like a stinger to me. It didn't look like anything else, but you know who knows? Who knows? But just to remind everyone, he was in a sling in the second half yeah. against Portland. State, yeah. In case you forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so, but so if USC, if somehow you know WC does stop them, I am pretty worried about USC's ability to run the ball. And they don't, they run the ball a lot more than you would think an air raid <laughs> offense and, would. And maybe more, they maybe more than they should. Yeah. But, but they're, it's been very effective. Uh, they're 18th in EPA per yep. rush. Uh, but they're two top running backs, both average over five yards of carry. Um, WSU has not played any sort of running powerhouse yet. And they are 68th in EPA per rush. So, you know, you can be stressed out about that if you want. Uh, USC ran the ball pretty well. I mean, no, I, was it last year they didn't run it? I'm trying to think. But I, I, I think if USC runs the ball, it could be bad for WSU. I mean, of all the parts of our defense that I am least confident in, the interior defensive line is at the top of the list. At the top. <laughs> like, it, it's like... Interior defensive line, biggest concern. Everything else, eh, you know. That's pretty yeah. Linebacks, linebackers I mean, okay. I think, our, I think our edge rushers are okay. Our linebackers are okay. The secondary is probably not okay, but, you know, at least it's got Jalen Watson. Uh, but the interior. Hopefully. Yeah, Let's hopefully. See. The interior defensive line, though, to me is just. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I said this on our last show, but um, it's just striking to me how small they are. Um, I feel very confident that whatever they're listed at on the roster is an overstatement. Um, you know, next to Portland state and Utah or, uh, Utah state, it was just like, they just, uh, did not look like power five defensive linemen, you know, and, and maybe, maybe that's somewhat by design. I mean, our, you know, our, our defense coordinator, you know, Jake Dickert, he's been here for, you know, a year and a half now, you know, maybe he does, maybe he wants, you know, smaller guys. I, I honestly don't know. Um, but they, they definitely do not look, uh, they do not look the part of an interior defensive line and USC's offensive line very much looks the part of a power five offensive line. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. It it could be, you know, it, it really, it, it could be what you said. Like they, uh, USC is just like, yeah, we'll just, you know, run the ball for 300 yards and call it a day. So I don't know. Which I think they probably could. Um, so please don't. Though. Maybe they won't. Or maybe, maybe, maybe WSU will come out and just have one of those games when they just play their minds off. And maybe. Whatever. Maybe. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, a lot to be worried about. It's, it's funny that I'm less worried about USC's passing game. Um, but also U- USC may be able to just uh, do uh, – you just talk, when Des Bryant played Oklahoma State in Paul Wolf's first game yeah. and Oklahoma State just threw the ball up yeah. to him down yep. the field over and over and over again. <laughs> I was uh, at that I, game. I, I remember being like, yeah, so oh, <laughs> this is – wow. I remember being hopeful and optimistic about the Paul Wolf era. And then I watched that game. 
And I was like, oh, wow. And then, you know, watching poor, uh, oh, gosh, what was the defensive tackle's name? Paul Eichelberger? Eichel, Eichel, is that right? Am I, am I saying that? Yeah, Matt. I'm trying to – Matt? Matt Eichelberger? Matt Eichelberger. Yeah, something like that. Eichel's anyway, uh, he looked like a pear on a couple of toothpicks, and I'm like oh, – I'm like, we are we are so fucked. We are so <laughs> fucked. Uh, yeah, so I'm hoping that's not yeah, the case on Matt Saturday. Matt Eichelberger is – There we go. Guy. All right, God bless him. Uh, he got a scholarship, and I didn't. So, you know, I mean, let's, let's be – a three – it's a three-star. Yeah, recruit, let's be too. honest about what he accomplished in his life versus what I have. But it's like – uh, you know, Saturday, Saturday could be, you know, could be, could be that sort of deal. Um, I, I am really curious, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about the impact that, um, switching coaches might have, um, you know, Clay Helton was an offensive guy. So I, I don't know how much influence he had on, you know, what Graham Harrell was doing. Um, but you know, e- even if it was just a little bit, like you wonder, if Harrell sort of, you know, kind of does something different or calls a little bit different game. Um, you also wonder if, you know, now that you've got uh, an interim coach, right? So he's, I would assume, far less likely to step in and intervene in the offensive game plan than Helton would have. So, you know, th- does that make a difference? Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately curious. I, I've, I've kind of waffled back and forth. I guess maybe this, this sort of leans into making our picks, but... Like, like I've really waffled back and forth on whether this, you know, makes them better or, or, or worse. Um, and I, I, I honestly think I'm kind of talking myself into worse, um, that, that mm-hmm. they will end up being even a little bit more of a shit show, uh, than they were before. I, I, I just, I, I'm looking for reasons why they're going to come out with their hair on fire and, and light the world up. Um, and I'm just, I'm really struggling to find good reasons to believe that. All right. Well, fine. Let's do picks then. We're about that okay, time. Okay, fine. We'll that time. And as always, you go first. Mark. All right. Uh, let's see. What's what's the line? It, it was. Uh, it started at ten. It's come down. It's come down. Came down, down like eight, eight and, and, and a half. half. Pretty quickly. I don't know where yeah. it's at now. I I still like USC to cover. Um, you know, I you know I say all this to think you know maybe USC gets a little worse, and so that means maybe USC beats us by ten instead of twenty. Like, you know, it's, that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm thinking. Um, so I'm going to go USC uh, 30 to 20. USC 30 USC to 20. USC 30 to 20. So. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, my my head says something like USC 38, WSU 27. Um, but, you know, it's been a good day. Uh, you know, I'm excited to see you and Emma and Pullman and all your kiddos and, 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 and your mom rang the bell today. Well, Jesus, dude, I wanted to say that, but fine. Sorry. I yes, couldn't contain mom, it anymore. My mom, my mom finished chemo Woo! today. I'm very excited for her. Um, I was in physical therapy and she like left me a voice message and I was getting ice and I was just sitting there on like this. So I was looking at my phone. And I was like, try not to like cry on the little bed or on the little like thing while I was sitting there icing my Achilles. And then like, so I would have to explain everything and I don't want (laughs) to do any extra talking to people. Why are you crying? Um, Well, you see. Yeah. Well, you see. Uh, But yeah. Yeah. So I'm feeling good vibes. So my, my heart says 38, 
27 USC, but what my pick is going to, of course, be 30 to 27 Cougs. <laughs> let's go Cougs. Let's it. do it. Let's keep the vibes let's going. Let's go. Uh, that's, that, that's the only score that matters against USC and Pullman. That's right. So let's go. 30, 27 uh, Cougs. I love it. And they are wearing all anthracite, right? Yeah, all anthracite. We're, we're, we're running it back. We're absolutely running it back. I love it. I love it. Jihad Woods is still here. Yeah. Let's go. Jihad Woods going <laughs> to do a sack fumble at the end of the game to seal the victory. I can feel it. It's going to be exactly the same. <laughs> Everything will be the same. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, follow our weekend, because I'll be tweeting out them pics. Hell yeah. Uh, at at the Craig Powers. Also on Instagram, at Craig W. Powers. Uh, you can follow Jeff's rantings <laughs> at pod versus everyone i don't know what you're talking about. at pod versus everyone for all all the centrist rantings you want um <laughs> yes very 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 centrist yeah, yeah right down yeah, the right um <laughs> right down the middle uh, and uh thank you to randy england at randy england music for the music as yeah. always and if you want to send us an email with a question or comment at podcastbseveryone at gmail.com. And that's it. That's all. Go Coots. Go Coots, yeah. Craig. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. And of course, get fucking get vaccinated. Vaccin- get fucking vaccinated.